Good morning, friends. Stand with us.
Good morning, and welcome to First Press. My, thank you. My name is Kathy Connor, and I am so grateful and honored to be one of the pastors here at First Press. If you're new to First Press, we are so glad you're here, and we want you to know that we would love to serve you in any way that we can. If you fill out a Connect card after worship on our website or access it by scanning this QR code, it will enable us to care for you, to answer any questions that you might have and make you feel much more at home. Because we want you to know that we believe that pursuing real relationships will lead to real transformation when we're pursuing God together, when we're pursuing relationship with each other. And all of that will lead to something much more life-giving, full of hope, and lots and lots of joy. I love it that we get to do this together on Sunday mornings and then spend the rest of the day doing Sunday fun day things with family members and friends. But if you're anything like me, the list of everything that needs to be done in the coming week starts to invade my thoughts sometime in the late afternoon, and I begin to feel anxious. Maybe you do too. So I would like to invite you to do something this morning. I want to ask you to place your hands out in front of you, just like this just in this posture of release. Will you put your hands out as I invite you to prayerfully in your heart release to God anything that's making you feel anxious this morning? Would you release whatever it is that might be distracting you from hearing what God wants to say and speak into your life as we worship? Would you release anything that makes you feel afraid? Would you release the coming week into his capable hands? And would you release your heart into the hands of the one who is trustworthy as we pray together. Heavenly Father, we need to release into your care all of these things that threaten to take over our thoughts, take over our hearts, get in the way of hearing from you and frankly, hearing each other. So Lord, we thank you that you invite us to not be anxious, you invite us to present ourselves, our hearts, our requests, everything inside of us to you in this hour. And so we do. We bring it all to you, trusting you more than we did yesterday, more than we did when we woke up. Father, there are also people on our hearts who are going through difficulties, circumstances, illnesses that need your loving care and attention. You are the great physician. So, Lord, we are counting on you 
for your loving touch and grace over their lives. We continue, Lord, to pray with hope in our hearts for Jackie Faircloth and her family, asking that you gird them up and strengthen them as they care for her, but also asking that she continues to hear your voice whisper to her how much you love her. Father, we continue to pray for Vance Tankersley, and we thank you that he's improving. We just ask that you would continue to heal his heart, his body, so that he might thrive again as the athlete that he is. Lord, our hearts are broken, and we ask that you would come around the Strober family in the death of Michael Strober this week. Lord, we just ask that you would give them a sense of your loving presence and your powerful and loving comfort. Lord, we also pray um, for the family of Andrew Harvey, who died yesterday, a young dad, 37, with four kids. We ask, oh God, that you would take care of their family, that you would love and fill them with a sense of your nearness, your goodness, and your love for them, even as they grieve and hurt so very much. And Lord, our hearts are with the people of Ukraine. Oh Lord, we pray for pathways to safety. We pray for all the help that the world can give and that empowered by you, Lord, they would experience you in this crisis in a fresh and vibrant way that your church in Ukraine and the church in the world would come around these families, these children in harm's way. Lord, we ask that you would speak into Putin's heart, that something would awaken in him. Oh God, break him over what he is doing in this evil grip. Awaken who you are in his soul. God, we're trusting the Ukrainian people into your hands, and if there's anything we can do as a church, lead us in those practical ways that we can express your love for them. So Lord, as we worship now, having released everything into your hands, we ask now that you would open our hearts to so much more in this hour than we could ever have imagined. In your loving name we pray, amen. A couple of things, folks online as well as folks in here, a couple of things are happening. We want you to be aware of them. The first one is a workshop to help us all win with our finances. We're calling it, I was broke, now I'm not. Matthew Schnook is the leader of this. I was broke, now I'm not. And now it's a good line. Win with your finances. And Matthew Snook is here to tell us about it. And he's in Scottsdale, Arizona, but because of the modern world of technology, he can talk to us right now. Hi, this is Matthew Snook. A couple of weeks ago, I talked to you about how sometimes life gives you financial hardships that you're not necessarily prepared to deal with. I have not had any personal plumbing disasters recently, but that doesn't mean that something else isn't coming. On March 27th, First Pres is going to kick off a financial management course that's going to help you plan for such things. It's called I Was Broke, Now I'm Not. Again, March 27th, we're going to have an initial session to describe the course to you, talk about some of the basic concepts. It's going to be after church. There will be lunch in between church and the course. And then after that, we'll have a financial management series, six parts that will help you get into more detail about how financial management and your ability to plan for it can work. 
please put March 27th on your calendar. We'd love to see you there. This is actually for everybody. Anybody who has any need in the financial management area and think can improve on how you do things, this is a great way to start. So thanks again, um, March 27th. Put it on your calendar. Bye-bye. Thank you, Matthew. Here it is again, the date, and just reminding you, if you're broke and you'd like to not be, come on. If you have a budget but don't look at it, come on. If you need help building a budget so maybe you get out of the anxiety you're in, come on. Uh, most of us spend more than we make, so I, you need it whether you're willing to admit it or not. Another thing that's really important, I'm very excited to tell you about it. This past Thursday night with the City Council of Tampa in a zoning hearing, we had asked them for, I think, seven variances, and they gave them all to us. Thank you very much. So we, we've been calling this FP 2.0, and what, what I'm doing for you now is giving you an update. There's another update coming this week in the mail, so you'll get that as well. But just a few things about this. The city said, yes, you can do what you're going to do. So now we start with the actual permitting process with the city that we've been given permission to do this. Here's what I want you to do. And some of you may have a pen in your hand. It says forward in faith. Uh, we've been doing this. We've been moving forward in faith. And this is vital that we continue to think about it. We haven't arrived anywhere. In fact, let me prompt you to think about it this way. The question I'm asking is, what does God want us to do in our neighborhood, in our community, with this property that we now have permission to build and we're going to build out? And I, you know what I think God wants us to do? God wants us this. God has, wants us to be people that show our neighborhood, that show our city the love of Jesus Christ. And God has picked 2022 in order to make that happen, and he's picked us to do it. That's what's going on here. This is what I want you to do. I think God wants you and me to pray a prayer like this. Gracious God, show me somebody through an authentic, a real relationship that you want me to help learn. Help me help this person learn that they are loved. Who is it? who's a friend of yours, who doesn't know that they're loved. That's what I think we do as we go forward in faith. Let's celebrate this building that we're going to keep working on, and the plans will keep updating you. But what we're being asked to do is think about how we're going to penetrate our city with real relationships so that we can be God's conduit to love people so that they know that they're loved and they know that they're known. I'm excited about it. FP 2.0, keep praying. 7.07 a.m., 7.07 p.m., keep fasting. You'll hear from Kathy right before the first Wednesday in April. We're going to do this. Another fun and exciting thing is that starting on March 27th, we are going to two services. We told y'all in the beginning of the year that we wanted to make room for your friends, and so we are ready to do that. So we're going to have a 9 a.m. service and a 1045 a.m. service. They're going to be identical. They're going to look exactly like what we do now. We're just going to do it twice. We're going to have children's ministry for both. The only nuance is that Loop, our middle school ministry, will only be happening at the 9 a.m. service. But other than that, two identical services. And going off of what Fitz said, the, the person that came to your mind is, is he invited you to think through who needs to know that they're loved. The easiest way is inviting them to come with you. And now you've got two chances. You could invite them to come with you at 9, or you could invite them to come with you at 1045. We want to fill up this room two times so that that many people can know that they're loved by Jesus. And we also invite you... If you're interested in making it happen, 
If you're interested in greeting people as they walk in, running the media, the slides you see up here, taking pictures, we have all of these positions that we call the dream team. The dream team makes Sunday morning happen. We want you to be a part of it. It means serving one time a month, just one time a month to make it happen. And so you can find out uh, how to do that. You can just let us know you're interested by scanning the QR code, going to our website, letting us know you want to help make Sundays happen so that we can glorify God together. With all of this in mind, with all of this excitement, with the fact that God picked you to be here in this place for 2022, that he has called you, that he has given us purpose, it really kind of ignites you. It ignites me. And it makes me think, as God has given me all this, what can I give back to God? As he flows into me, how can I flow back out to him? And one way that we do that here at First Pres is that we are generous with our finances. And so for those of you who are already doing that, thank you. But if you're a person who maybe has never taken that step of faith to give of your finances, I would invite you to think about it. There are so many big and exciting things going on right now, and it is a privilege to be a part of it with your finances here at this church. Um, so I would just invite you to pray through that. And if you are interested, we have five ways to give. We have a generosity box on the back, uh, but you can also do it online in these other ways. And just thank you for the way that God is using you. Friends, let's continue to worship.
Father, you are a good, good Father. Thank you for this beautiful room that keeps us warm and keeps us together so that we can feel your love. Remind us to slow down and to listen and to make time and to search your word to find the answers because you are there. We just have to listen. We have to listen to feel your love and to feel your guidance so that we can take it in and then pour it out around us. You are wonderful. Amen. Women, men, this is a smartphone. We're beginning at the beginning. You need to understand this. It's basic. It's fundamental. But it's more than just a smartphone. It gives the digital carnivore access to your soul. I'm going to repeat that. The smartphone gives the digital carnivore access to your soul. You think, and I think we've been duped when we think it, that this thing is neutral. Oh, no. Now, I'm not a Neanderthal. I'm not a knuckle dragger saying, oh, I wish we didn't have electricity. That's not at all. I love this stuff. But it's not neutral. You think it works for you. Oh, no, 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 no. We work for it. The smart, smart people that design all the apps and the platforms, they're designed to do one thing, to get your attention. And they're good at it. And that's how they make money. So we're in a world of hurry in our culture. And one of the really, really, really central reasons is we are getting sucked in. And it's not neutral because where it's taking you is not necessarily where you wanted to go. A way that I would say this, it makes me sound like I'm some kind of fancy sociologist or social critic, and I'm not. But here's what's happening. We are overwhelmed with what I would call the secularization of our culture. And what I mean by that, that's a fancy way of saying that knowingly or unknowingly, we've just left God out. And I don't mean that transactionally leaving God out, like I, I don't say certain things anymore about God. That's not what I mean. What I mean is a relationship with God is left out. And so the great questions that we all wrestle with and human beings always have, we're getting even more sucked away because our attention is being grabbed and there's no margin and we're in a hurry. And that's why this morning we're finishing with nine weeks with John Mark Comer, the ruthless elimination of hurry. I have two more copies up here and it doesn't matter that you haven't been reading them, but if you don't have one, just steal them. 
And while you're at it, take one of these How to Unhurry booklets that's here. Okay, I mean that. There are two more. Grab one. Take it. And so what we've been trying to do is listen to this man. And we've been reading the book. I've read through it twice. I've had it a couple of years. I'm going to go through it again. But what's more important, what's coming at the end of this morning, is the way, practically speaking, we're building into our life structure that helps us fight off the digital carnivore, fight off this secularism, to stay attached in a personal, real relationship with Jesus. That's what we're trying to do. This is not about, this is not having the right ideas in our head, although those are important, absolutely. It's about not knowing stuff, but knowing Jesus, being attached to him. And if we're spending all of our time getting sucked away because we can't not have this thing with us all the time, we're just not attached to Jesus. So this has been a, no pun intended, a come to Jesus meeting for nine weeks talking about how we've gotten sucked in and we're in a desperate hurry all the time. Just another word about what the world has, what's happened is it's almost like we're in a crisis. It's like a cultural convulsion. And that's what I mean by secularism. Here, here's what I mean. And I'm not going to go way deep into this, but I just want to prompt you. And you may want to work on this with me or with others. We have a bunch of great questions that human beings ask. Who am I? Where did I come from? And then listen to the next one. What went wrong? What am I going to do about it? How am I supposed to live? This thing, whether we know it or not, is taking us to answers to those questions because it's taking us to places where the people that built it want us to go. And they have no intent, many of them, to try to get you to center all that on a real relationship with the almighty God of the universe who made you. I'll just give you a quick answer to the first one. Who am I? You want to know who you are? If you're trying to understand with God at the center of everything in a relationship to him, you know who you are? You are a person made in God's image. You are known by God, loved by God, and as God's image bearer, you and I are God's partners in making God's love evident and clear throughout the universe. In fact, if you want to pray the prayer I suggested you pray, God, who is it that you want me to have a real relationship with so that I can help them to know they're loved? God cannot wait to answer that question, I mean, answer that prayer. Oh, yeah. You ask it genuinely, God will answer it. Can't wait. Who are you? The world out there is telling you, you know what they're telling you? Who are you? Good luck. You're on your own. Figure it out. Now, the, uh, I'm not, I, we, we love people if we're Jesus followers. So I'm not saying that out of not love, unlove. But that's not, that's on my own, figure it out, whatever I think I ought to be. Ooh, it's a vacuous answer if the, op- if the option is there to say I'm made and loved and known by God and a partner in God. It's a good work in the world. Ooh, which one do you want? That's the one I want. I want to be a person that's known. As, I'm going to put my book. Do not, by the way, don't steal my book. <laughs> it's got all my notes in it. I write all over books. How are we going to defy the digital carnivore? Well, what we've been saying all along is we've been using language from the Gospel of John, chapter 15. Abide in Jesus. I am the vine, Jesus says. You are the branches. And what we said is whatever it takes to stay attached to him. 
Now, it's counterintuitive. You may think being a branch means I'm supposed to bear fruit, grapes. Ah, they'll come, but the, the job of the branch, stay attached to the vine. Fruit will come. You disconnect from the vine, branch, guess what? Ain't going to be no fruit. It's going to be a really small glass of wine, and it ain't going to taste very good. Jesus followers, we're a counterculture. You seen that on the side? Have you seen it on the restaurant on the corner of Beta Bay? And cool sign, I love it. Every time I look at it, I go, that's what we are. When I say that we have a crisis of secularism, guess what? The, the world out there today in, 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 the, West, in the North America and in, East, in Europe, the, the world today is no longer going to God to get the answers. Again, I'm just pointing out what's going on. And you know what that means? We as a family have to find answers to all the great questions of life as people who start first with a relationship with Jesus and sort knowledge informs the relationship. But we want to know him in a personal way. And my dream, your dream, is that we would be a family. Churches are not events that you attend. They're not buildings. That's not what churches are. Churches are gatherings of people who follow Jesus. And as a Jesus family, we want to be people who grow at the center of who we are. This is our dream. The center of who we are is people who are attaching to the vine. And we do it with each other and for each other, and we support each other, and we encourage each other, and we try to help each other stay accountable, and we do it in, inter we do it in relationships with each other. Some of it is like on these larger gatherings on Sunday mornings, but you do it in one-on-ones and one-on-twos, and you do it in groups, you do it when you're serving. And we're on purpose intentionally saying, how can I engage in a real relationship with someone else so as to we can sort of, if you'll let me use the term, disciple each other, apprentice, help each other be Jesus apprentices. That's what's going on. Let's, that's our dream, to be connected as branches to the vine, which means attaching in a real relationship to a transformational life of being connected to Jesus. That's who we want to be. And so this morning, the spiritual discipline, you, you're not going to see this one coming. I'm so excited about this one. The spiritual discipline that we're finishing this with, we're not finished. We're going to keep talking about the trellis. We're not going to do it every Sunday morning like we have been. But here's where we're ending today. You ready? Celebration. That's the one we do. We're, we're going to make celebration a spiritual discipline. And that's coming at the very end, so keep listening. Here's a way of summarizing all I've just said about the, the Jesus followers, the Jesus apprentices, and what it means to be in a hurry. God wants you and me to be people who are full of joy, about our, our relationship with him and with each other. But guess what? Joy and hurry can't and don't and never will live under the same roof. This won't happen. If we're just in a frantic pace, this representing what it's like to have no margin, just go, 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 and all weekend long you get emails and text messages, you work, 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 or I can't say no, and on and on, just all of that. The joy just goes right out of us. And God wants to make us, God who in, in the relationship of the mystery of the Trinity is just having a great big gigantic celebration with God's self. That's what God wants us to be. People who have all this inner joy, circumstances notwithstanding. And the next thing you know, we become people of love in the real relationships that we're engaged in out there. It's not easy, but it is simple. Huh? 
You know, I mean, this is not rocket science. It's not. We just stay attached. We're going to celebrate. One of the things that we've been asking you to do is think about the season of Lent. And this is just a sidebar how-to. We have this thing. We, we're calling it a Lenten guide. That's a fancy highbrow language, Lenten, right? That means about Lent, right? It's, it's a, if we take Lent and that and now turn it into an adjective, Lenten, right? That's kind of cool, right? Churchy, whatever. So anyway, this is a guide. <laughs> We've got ex-Episcopalians putting this stuff together. That's what I'm trying to say. So all this is a bunch of stuff. Now, it's, today is it's 10 days, 12 days into Lent. And if you didn't start on anything yet, whatever, let that go and just start. So there's a bunch of these stacked up up here, and there are a bunch of them going to be on the back, so you won't be able to get out the door and, let, and just grab it. And, and if nothing else, just take it, because then we don't have to throw it away. You know what I'm saying? But it'll give you suggestions. What's the suggestion going to help you do? You ready? Stay attached to the vine. Because that's the goal here. The goal is just to be attached to Jesus and experience transformation through a real relationship with him and with his people. And then we can go out into the world as persons of joy that becomes love. And we can help somebody learn that they didn't know it already. They don't know it. That they are known and loved by God. And we're humbly transparently vulnerable just saying hey I've been loved and you're loved too it's, it's not it's not hard that part so it's just good Jesus summarizes his intent for us to experience joy in the passage in John 15 about the vine and the branches I'll put this here steal it I, he says this John chapter 15 verse 11 so I am the vine you are the branches abide in me he says in verses 4 through 7 seven times abide seven that's a seven he wants us to get the picture and then he says I'm telling you all of this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy would be complete complete here could mean full like a glass that's flowing and, out, and even out of the top of it. Jesus wants us to be people filled with his presence, which results in a sense of well-being or joy or happiness or celebration. And he's, all of this attachment makes us the people he wants us to be. And so what we want to do is get into some how-tos this morning. And we're going we're gonna to celebrate. And to be able to celebrate, we're going to have to do a couple other steps first. So let's do this. Paul helps us to understand it. And Paul's writing to this little city, Philippi. It's in Macedonia, which is north of Greece. And this is a city not unlike Tampa, where there's no, con there's no defining central monotheistic religion. It's sort of, you figure it out on your own, and they got everything, everything under the sun literally can be a god. Not unlike our world today. So there's lots of things wanting to be the god, and you can pick one. Pick any one you want. If you don't like that one, then go get another one. So that's what's happening in Philippi. But Paul comes into their setting. He tells them, no, 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 there's one God. He made you. He loves you. He knows you. And you're, you're made in his image and on and on. And Jesus came, is him present in flesh. And he died for you. And he resurrected. So this whole, this whole thing is, is different. This is a whole new way of looking at things. Paul says this to these folks in Philippi. Don't be anxious about anything. Anybody got anxiety? Kathy brought it up and McLean brought it up. We, uh, we, we got anxiety. We, anxiety is higher in our culture right now than it's ever been, period, in the last 60s, 80 years. 
It's a crisis. Convulsion is the term I use. And just stepping aside to remind you, when you don't have a vital relationship with Jesus and your way of answering the question, who am I, where did I come from, and what went wrong, if it doesn't include a vital relationship with God and you're on your own, the weight of that begins to crush you. And I think that's what's going on out there. Anxiety is just one of the ways that people are responding to the unbearable weight of trying to do this by myself, on my own. Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, or you could say it this way, in everything, with prayer and petition, and petitions just means asking for stuff, and with thanksgiving, with gratitude, present your request to God. And the peace of God, and I'm going to tell you that that word can mean joy, it can mean celebration, huh? it can mean that. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and guard your minds in Jesus Christ. Let me go back and say a couple of things about this verse. The first thing you need to know is this, the Bible app, oh, I have to pick up my phone again. <laughs> it's been downloaded over 500 million times. It's called Version. In 2019... The number one verse that was underlined and shared and highlighted. The number one verse. Philippians 4, verse 6. Don't be anxious. They just report the statistics. I saw that. It was just a, a, a low-hanging fruit that I got about Thursday last week. Don't be anxious about anything. Let me suggest to you that in, that, in verse 6, there are two choices, two, two ways of acting. One is be anxious, and the other is present your request. You with me? Now, so it, technically in the Greek text, it says be anxious about, and then there's a pronoun, nothing. Now, here we have don't be anxious about anything, but in the Greek text, literally, be anxious about nothing. So here's your first choice, being anxious, or... Rather, instead of being anxious, do this instead. Tell God. You with me? This is, this is what Paul is trying to say. How do we begin to get past the crisis that's around us? And the answer is, start asking God for what it is that's going on in your life. Talk to God. Now, we can choose to go over here and work yourself up into frigidity. And I, I have anxiety in my life. I'm just telling you. This the truth. In fact, it, diagnosed. Anxiety reaction. If I, I have a fear of the unknown, a fear of the future, and it, it's no fun. It just happens to me all the time. Kathy, does it happen to me all the time? Yeah. So I got dumped when I was a little kid. I was seven. My mom, my dad was gone, and there was alcohol and divorce, garden variety alcohol and divorce. But I end up with this reaction inside. The future scares me. So when I don't know how things are going to work out, I get a little worried. And, and so I just work on it. It's not ever, I don't, I'm going to die this way. I'm good with that. At least I know it, right? Anxiety. Be anxious about what? Nothing. Instead, go over here and start talking to God. And notice what there's a big side dish of. Thanksgiving. Gratitude. Gratitude releases us. Gratitude sets us free. Gratitude is the way that God can use us, uh, make us uh, better. I want to say a few things about gratitude. Gratitude gets you through the crisis. Let me see that text if I could back again. Yeah. Gratitude gets you through the crisis. 
here's what happens, and we have a, we have a rule here. You have to have a list on you. Again, I'm holding my phone because it's in here. It's a list. If for every year you've been on the planet, you want one thing for which you're thankful on your list. And I, I mean that. I have it in what they call notes. You guys got notes on your phone, right? I have mine on my notes thing. If you start making a list of the things for which you're grateful, here's what you're doing. You're rehearsing God's accomplishments in your life. And when we rehearse God's accomplishments, accomplishments in our life, then the next thing happens is we begin to get to see God's heart. Huh? That's what happens to us. And see, when we begin to see God's heart, God's heart is more than just the good gifts. We get to see the good giver himself. That's what gratitude does for us. Gratitude always leaves us looking at God and away from the mess. You with me here? Wow. So Paul's really practical here. He's saying, worry if you'd like, but I'd rather you not. Let's worry about no thing. Instead of worrying about the thing, let's go tell God about the thing and then wrap all that up in, in gratitude. The next thing you know, I'm paying attention to the giver of the good gifts, relating to the giver of the good gifts, and that the mess disappears. Now, real circumstances are, they're there. You're going to have them. But I can focus on them and get into a funk or focus on the loving God who knows me and cares about me. And then I can be in those mess in a different way. It's, this is real stuff. Notice what Paul says happens to us when we get there. We're heading towards celebration. We're heading towards joy. Watch this. And if you can do all that, now I need that one back up there. <laughs> there you go. If, if you can do that, picking worry, no, we're not going to worry. Instead, we're going to tell God about it. We're going to wrap it all up with thanksgiving. And here's what happens. The peace of God, which is beyond our human ability to understand it. It keeps us, it guards us, it protects us in Jesus. Peace, erene in Greek, shalom in Hebrew. It means, so, it means well-being. And when our being is well, there's joy, there's celebration. Paul's really smart. He goes to the next, just one verse later, uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, he gives you really practical ways to begin to build a, a gratitude list. See what, just look what he does there. Look, brothers and sisters, you don't even know how to be grateful. Do this. Start thinking about good things. Start thinking about lovely things. Start thinking about whatever's admirable. You're, you're looking at the, what, the good accomplishments of God. So Paul is saying, make a list. That's what he's doing. He's telling you to think about what you're thinking about and make yourself a good list. And the next thing you know, your heart will move from the mess to the heart of God, and you'll be connecting to him, and you'll be a person who becomes more at peace, more celebrative, celebrative, how about that? Celebrative. And you will then be a person who can love well. And that's what, that's what God has designed and built us to do. Here's what we're going to do next. We're going to look at what celebration is about. You ready? I said we're hit, getting to a discipline uh, that we're adding to the list. Celebration. It's going up on the trellis. Celebration is. Let's talk about what that means. I got a bullet list for you. You ready? Here it comes. Celebration. I'm just, these are just suggestions. You ready? Music. 
I got a little boogie in me. I like to celebrate with music. You know what I'm saying? I'm just telling you what I love. I love the music we do in here, and I do it. That's what I'm trying to say to you. So celebrate means music. You didn't know that it was a spiritual discipline to do music. I hope this is good news to you. Look at the next one. Some singing and dancing. Yes, yes, you have permission from me as a spiritual discipline to sing and dance. Now, I don't, don't, you, you got to pick your music carefully here, but you know what I'm trying to say here. <laughs> yeah, pick the music that's, pick the music that's trying to be Christocentric. That's a fancy word for, about Jesus. You know what I'm saying? We want to pick music that's uplifting in our minds and in our souls. But who said you can't dance? And you don't have to sound good when you sing. Just sing. Just sing. You'll, I promise you, this is a spiritual discipline. So what we're trying to do is lighten this thing up a little bit here. You know what I'm saying? But we're not done. Laughter. I think I told you this last week, if you were here with us. A children laugh 400 times a day. Adults, 15. <laughs> laugh. Life is hard. Crack it up a little bit. Laughter, enjoying the goodness, the best sense of you. Jesus was a funny dude. He laughed all the time. He was always wanting to have fun. He was, I think, always poking fun at the fellows, making fun of them in a friendly, warm way. Look at the next one, storytelling. When you go to a wedding, do you have people stand up and give statistics about grade point averages and uh, weight when they were born and all that kind of stuff? No. When we go to parties and celebrations, weddings, for instance, you hear stories. And guess what everybody does? They laugh. Because it's great. Storytelling gets us to s into the, the mood of celebrating who it is that we're dealing with. Here comes another one. Three or, three or four more. Holidays. Holidays can be hard. <laughs> but holidays are awesome. Holidays are awesome if you're intentional about them. Holidays are a way for you to celebrate with, oftentimes, with your family. Gratitude. We, I, we've been talking about gratitude all over, and the, the, just reminding you of the assignment. Fit, however many years you've been on the planet, you need a list. Sit down, it will start rolling. The next thing you know, and then you get that list out, and you look at it, and you upgrade it and update it. I mean, and then you rem, you're reminded. And remember what happens when we practice gratitude. Our minds turn towards the giver of the good gifts and the giver's heart and to the giver himself and away from the mess. And we can do this. We can be a family that in gratitude, we care for each other, we support each other, and we grow. What's else? On spend time with joyful people. If there's kind of a Zorba the Greek person, some of us are kind of melancholic, and some of us don't naturally just have a blast. But there's some people out there, you know who they are in your life, and if you just need a dose of that person, just go. Because some people just make the room come alive because they're full of joy and enthusiasm. Hang out with them. If you're one of them, just be grateful to God and maybe maybe just be a little bit more full of yourself. <laughs> Here's the really great. This is the last one. Feasting. You know what that means? Fe feedback time. Eat. So why, why would you not be happy when you're eating? Huh? Feasting, and when I say feast, I mean it doesn't mean it has to be 90,000 calories. It means enjoying meals. Now, one of the things that I said a week ago, I'm going to repeat it. Jesus, if you read carefully the Gospel of Luke, he's either going to a meal 
eating a meal or coming home from the meal. Or another way of saying that is if you read the, book, the Gospel of Luke and you ain't hungry, so you ain't reading it right. Okay? Jesus constantly, and, and what happens at meals when you just kick back and you take your time? There's no rush. There's no hurry. You're just enjoying the food and the people. Last night, Kathy and I were part of a seven-couple birthday party. We were together for three hours. The food was good, but what was the food was real good. But what was really, really, really good was Jesus' followers just having fun. We just had fun. We did several things. We laughed, made a little fun of each other, feasted. There was no real singing, but just <laughs> feasting. Kathy and I are having dinner with our, one of our sons and our daughter-in-law and our two grandchildren tonight. I'm going to feast. I can't wait. Here's what you're going to do now. And I, if you would give me one of those cards. We're going to have an exercise here. And you can see this trellis. And Kathy and one other person are going to come up here. And they're going to do this. You're, you have a pen. It, hopefully it says forward in faith. Which, remember, I ask you to be thinking about, to praying about how God is going to use you to help somebody who doesn't know their love know they're loved and this building is in service to that goal but here's here's what this is this is for you to write down don't put your name on it you're just going to write down I'll tell you what I'm going to write down on it I'm writing down two things that I've added in the last three months to my life to keep me attached to that trellis and this uh, this is the honest reflection of me and what I have added to my life and I'm going to tell you also a third one that I'm scared to do but I'm praying about <laughs> the two things that I've added are quiet and I'm writing that down and I'm, I'm quiet slash solitude. What I want you to know is I told you I was going to do it, and I am. And when I wake up in the morning, I no longer, and I drive to where I go to be quiet, I don't turn any music on. And I start immediately just letting my soul slow down. And I get there, and I don't, I don't want any music anymore. I want the quiet. I want the solitude. In fact, I was having quiet last week in Orlando, and I was outside the Dunkin' Donuts in my car with my coffee. And it was 5.30 in the morning. And dude comes up with one of those backpack blowers and ruined my gig. You know what I'm saying? It was so loud. I went, no! <laughs> so I had to drive away and go somewhere else. Quiet and solitude. I've been adding that. Okay? I just want you to know I'm doing that. And here's the other one. Oh, you wouldn't believe I could do this. I'm writing it down now. Journaling. I was whining like a baby about, I, I hate journaling, and I don't like journaling, and, but I don't ever do it. And then McLean said to me, she's sitting right here, you know who McLean is? She said, well, Fitz, do you take your journal with you when you go? <laughs> I went, well, no, it's going to be hard. <laughs> so I have started journaling. I just want you to know I'm not good at it, and it's not very consistent. And I, I don't know how God will use that in, in trying to help me just move forward. But I am doing it. I want you to know that. The one that I... Don't, I'm scared to even say, but I'm going to say it. Sabbathing. It's a thing. God built the world, the universe, in six days, and guess what he did on day seven? Took a day off, chilled out, did nothing. He just chilled, celebrated, feasted, eased out, just feet up. Didn't even watch television, I don't think. 
So I'm asking a couple of people who I respect, like spiritual directors almost, to give me some guidelines on what that means because I don't really know what it means. But people I respect, people who I'm listening to, they're doing it. And they say, you will never get it away from me. They're guarding it with their lives. It means some way of taking 24 hours and really not wanting things and not working and not worrying. Three W's. So I don't know how to do it. So I'm writing these on a card. And this is what I want you to do right now. And the band is going to throw a little really quiet music of what? Holy water, water, which gets you rocking. But we're not going to rock yet. We're going to rock in a minute because I'm going to finish this up with a prayer. What I want you to do is, if if you're willing to, write down something you've added or something you feel you should add and you're going to try. And you're committing like I did. I'm telling you the truth about me. These are true things, real things. And if, you're, if you would like to, without your name on it, if, if you want your name on it, you can, but you don't have to. And Kathy and Brooks are just going to pin them up on the um, trellis, and we're going to celebrate God's goodness by the way God has led us to discipline. So in whatever way, write it down, and then come on up here and just hand it to them. And then please return to your seat afterwards, and I will pray, and we'll be finished. be scared. We are going to leave the trellis in the room and you can come and see what people have done and this way you'll begin to know that you're not alone as you try to build attachment to Jesus in your life. And Brooks and Kathy are working hard. Awesome. snapping your fingers or something if the beat if it's the boogie because remember you can you can sing you can dance and you can celebrate and that's part of it Take the books, steal a book. This line is almost gone. I'm going to invite you to stand. Get a little boogie in you. Come on.
I'm praying while they sing. Gracious God, help us stay attached to you. Help us live into life, live together, real relationship, real transformation. Water. Amen. Amen.